Recording and take it away. Okay. So I kind of want to touch on what's your name? Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. When you thought you heard the ancient alien thing, mm -hmm. um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of the, the Anunnaki. Mm -hmm. Well, the Anunnaki mm -hmm. is more of an, uh, an old school term um, for the ancient Sumerian and ancient Babylonian gods, um, but somehow it, the, the information or the, um, the meaning behind it, people took it to a alien or extraterrestrial, which is not completely inaccurate, but is inaccurate as far as the, the surface assessment of it. And we'll, we'll get, kind of get to that point. Um, so like I said, I got started uh, years ago. I was working with, uh, probably about to, four or five years ago, like I started in the Egyptian path. And I worked heavily with uh, the goddess um, Isis or Aset, um, and the whole lore of the, the feminine um, um, goddesses in Egypt. And it's uh, funny because in Egypt, there's a lot of reverence. If you if you look at Egypt, on one side you've got uh, Ra or Re and, and, the, and all of the, the masculine gods. On the other side, the more subtle side, you've got the, the goddesses, the feminine side. So uh, what, the door that opened to me was Aset or Isis came to me and I took into the bookstore here to buy something and I found her on the shelf, hidden in the dark. Um, which is kind of why I had a meditation one night, and that's how I found her. So when I came here and I saw it, I knew that's when that's when things started happening for me. So um, the the ancient Egyptians were heavily um, a, a segment of them were heavily into the feminine worship of Isis, Horus, um, um, Osiris, um, and then on the other side you have Ra, you have Ptah, you have the masculine deities. Well, after I got finished working with ancient Egypt to a to a degree, I started hearing that ancient Sumer was a sister country to the Egyptians. They kind of had the same ideology about their gods. Uh, and so instead of going straight back to Sumer, I started reading Babylonian stuff that was more closer to modern modern day age. And the gods there, they referenced more the, the masculine um, energy, the lords. They had their female consorts, but it was more so uh, they the, the Babylonians wanted to um, use masculine energy a little bit more to rule, to conquer, and to uh, assert their reign on, on on that particular area. Uh, whereas the Sumerians, it was a little bit of a mix. They used the masculine energy and the female energy. So we have in Babylon, um, so that's kind of what we're going to go back to. Um, see how going to start. Um, each, okay, there were ten major, ten major deities in ancient Babylon. Um, and then there were seven lesser uh, uh, gods or goddesses or deities. And that's kind of why uh, if you guys have ever heard of the seven, um, the seven rays of light, or the seven pillars, or yeah. that's kind of where this stuff kind of resonates from. Um, a lot of uh, uh, things, uh, uh, I don't say, oh, kind of biblically, biblically, kind of go back to those particular uh, beliefs and uh, 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 morals, and not really morals, but beliefs and foundations that were created back in ancient Sumer Babylon. So the that you have the main three uh, trine or trinity or the supernal three, um, which we see that a lot in a lot of paganism. We have the three, um, either the three uh, goddesses, or we have the, whereas in, in Egypt we had um, uh, Isis, we had Osiris, and we had the sun. Um, in the British Isles, or what was Britain called before it was called Britain? Was it the British Isles? Britannia? Well, that's Britannia. Britannia. Oh, okay, Britannia. So that's, that's a term yeah. I'll use for early yeah. Britain, Britannia. So even in Britannia, I was doing a little bit of research and finding that they had the three goddesses and that they were based in this sort of death, rebirth, and uh, vegetation-based uh, agriculture. And that's a lot of what the Sumerians, the Egyptians, and the, uh, the Babylonians were doing. It was agricultural-based, uh, or religion or spirituality. And they noticed that when the stars moved in the sky, that when um, certain planets kind of came up, uh, that certain things happened here. So they started mapping all this stuff out, right? And they come to the conclusion, to, to make a long story short, they came to the conclusion that there were seven main, or uh, uh, seven main aspects of life that happened on a cyclical basis. The where we have the seven days of the week. Um, they had a god, a lesser god, for each one of those days. Then they had the, the supernal trinity, which were the three main gods that those other seven gods were kind of like, um, they were reflect. They were reflective of um, how. How I like to explain this is some people like they'll they'll, they'll think of ancient Egypt. They had all these gods. Why do they have all these gods? I, I try to akin this to if we had to have an idea of God, it would be this whole this one thing, right? This 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 totality. 
Imagine if you shattered this thing, if it was glass and shattered and broken up, and it was broken off into different pieces. That would be what the Egyptians did, what these other uh, cultures did within the, to these particular gods. They would have done, this particular piece did this with love, this particular piece with war. But then when we put it all together, it's all one. But it's hard for our minds to conceive and all in at once. So we break it up, and that's what they did. Well, the Sumerians kind of did the same thing, but what they did was they said, okay, the first through the, the first one that was born would have been the god Anu. And some say that's kind of where, um, well, they did do it, say. Um, the first god was Anu, and he was the father god, and then he had two sons. He had a son, you may have heard this from some, uh, I don't know, here, um, old Sumerian stuff. Um, uh, he had a son called um, uh, Enlil, who was a sky god, and could he commanded the sky and um, the higher energies, and then um, Anu also had a son, another son named uh, Inki, or Ea, in Sumer, who was the lord of the lower realms, like the water, the earth, the animals. And so then you have this division. You have this, this father god who's supposedly in heaven and resides there, and then you've got like this air energy in between heaven and, and earth. You have air, and then you have a sort of um, um, hierarchy of command that goes from heaven to earth. So they basically divide it up into these three gods. And from those three gods, then they have the seven lesser gods, which is where they ordain on certain days of the week, each god had a particular energy current or influence in that particular day. So say like for instance, on a Sunday, um, it was the god um, uh, Shamash and, and Utu um, for Sunday, and that represented the sun to them. And the sun was an energy that, um, it it was the uh, it was the judgment. Um, the sun judged um, men and women's uh, their lives, their deeds. Um, it's kind of where the Bible kind of gets where God has this judgment day. I think what they did was they took this um, uh, what the the these individual gods and goddesses were, and they kind of just compiled it into one. Um, even in the um, uh, it talks about how Egypt had all these particular gods that were essentially just just one. There was one god that was the master of all of them. And so what they did was they broke them all down. That's why we have the, the ten of them. Um, Sunday was designated to the sun. Um, and what they what they were teaching in um, the, the various mystery schools throughout the years, they were teaching how on these particular days you could attune with this energy and this aspect of life and you could gain information or knowledge from from these extraterrestrial or external type of things. Um, and so the sun would have been one day where you would have focused on yourself, your soul, your inner um, your inner sun. And some say that's even where this word, the term sun comes from, is from the idea of the sun in the sky being the um, uh, uh, sort of the, the soul, um, the, the center of self. So on a Sunday, you would focus on yourself or things that were important that you wanted truth or resolution on, things you wanted answers to. And then you would wait for that energy curve to sort of flow through your day, or, uh, not what do you want to say flow, but you would, you would receive answers, some sort of coincident or synchronistic effect in your life. Um, on the next day, you would have, you would have uh, the day of the moon, which is Monday, that's where we get Monday from, moon day. And they believe that on that particular day, there was a, uh, a, god, a goddess uh, called uh, Nana and, uh, and Nanar are seen in ancient Sumer um, that um, that ruled over the moon or emotion or um, what they call a gateway or a doorway to the other side. And so the moon would be the first portal or gateway to accessing other um, uh, the afterlife, but not necessarily the afterlife, but the other world where our emotions come from, where our ancestors are. And on those particular days, you would focus on things that were important to your heart, things that were important to you emotionally, or personally, things you were wanting revolution to. Um, on Tuesday, you would have, and if you've known, if, you, if you're involved in other sort of uh, frameworks, or what I like to call cultural frameworks, like I'm not real uh, versed on the Nordic, but those particular gods also have a sort of um, um, Similar resonance, like I've heard, like Odin is also representative of on a particular day, Thursday, which would be Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday, Tyr, Wednesday, Odin, Thursday, Thursday Thor, okay, and so Friday, Freya. Freya. Okay, so Wednesday would be Odin, which would be he would be 
god of communication or sort of a communicative god? Well, he's, he's the head god of the Aesir, and he is kind of... The, they, they, they've separated their gods into two tiers. The Aesir are the more uh, higher civilization type things, so language, history, art, whatnot. Then they so have the, the, the writing, the scribe. Yeah, so only is yeah. knowledge, poetry, um, you know, speaking, and learning. That, and that's exactly, that particular day, Wednesday, uh, Hermes, Thoth, Odin mm -hmm. would get attached to that particular day because that's the day that they said that Mercury which was the thought of communication of, uh, even I guess when you're doing any sort of a, um, well, there's different types of alchemy, there's like spiritual alchemy, there's like regular alchemy, but then when you're performing alchemy, Mercury is that particular substance that allows things to, to uh, uh, communicate or to flow. So, uh, particular... Uh, it can be poison if it's if used wrong. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just like communication. Exactly my point. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, Tuesday would have been the day of the, um, it is Arishkagal and Nergal, and Arishkagal, they're the Gordon Lady of the Underworld. Um, it's kind of where the Greeks, I feel like the Greeks got the idea of Hades, uh, Hades from, and um, the, uh, the dead in the Underworld and the whole morphicity behind it. In ancient Sumerian Babylon, um, Arishkagal and Nergal were the Lord and Lady of the Dead, and everybody that passed went into that, into that particular world. Um, Arishkagal is the She's the older sister of Inanna, Inanna Ishtar, who is uh, the queen of heaven in, uh, and the mother goddess of the ancient Sumerian Babylonian pantheon. Uh, so they're, when they get to, from what I've been um, reading, there's a lot of um, similarities between like the descent of Inanna, where they talk about her going into the underworld, and Aser Isis going into the underworld in order to bring Osiris back. So they, it, I found that when you look at like the cultures that are really close to one another, you can kind of see the overlapping of the stories, and you can kind of see, okay, this may be where this is coming from, this is the story of the tale, but if you really look at it, it's all linked to particular planets. It's all linked to the rotation of the stars, which they were fascinated with that. So uh, these particular days of the week, like I said, they're linked to particular planets and energy currents that we can use in order to um, uh, answer questions you may have inside, understand the outside world, and do other things. So is Tuesday Mercury? Tu uh, sorry, Tuesday is Mars. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mars. It's the uh, uh, you can use the same archetypes like the, that the Greeks uh, used. Uh, um, the Aries, which is the god of war. Um, on that particular day, uh, I've found that depending on what's going on, I turn into a fireball. Um, there are certain things just perturb me to no end, and I can see <laughs> I totally understand the whole idea of behind a devil that is in a fiery abyss that just commands respect because in those days, I just, I get crazy, and then I tell everybody, don't mess with me until Wednesday, because I need that Tuesday <laughs> night, right? When, when that energy starts, and then I sort of get into my meditative state, and I ask for forgiveness. And then I end up being more uh, poetic, scribal, and I can write stuff down. Like, it's like, it does something to your 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 thought vibration particular day. You know, you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah. Um, so Tuesdays sometimes are like, it, it depends on what it is. If you are a active person and you want to build something, do something, if you're a, a part of a project, Tuesdays can be a great day to put that energy into something. If not, you just may be a living demon here on earth. You <laughs> it depends on what's going on. Use you know, your energy wisely. Yes, exactly. And then sometimes, you know what? You have to care with the, with the bad. You, I found you can't be completely good because what will happen is if you try to be completely good, you'll see all the wickedness and the heinousness in life, and it will cause you to freak or flip out. So you have to pair your good with your bad, and it's realize you are a part of nature. That's what a lot of these teachings are. You're a part of the ups and the downs and the ebbs and the flows, the waxes and the wanes. It's okay for you to have a moment or moments, you know what I mean? Um, because just because people can tell you to calm down, they can't tell nature or life to calm down. And that's kind of why we have to see it as, I'm a part of nature, so you can't tell me to calm down, because I'm a part of this thing. Uh, and like I said, a lot of this work is teaching you to sort of tweak this about your, your psychological or your psyche, or tweak this about your, your energy state so that you can be more with the natural flow of current, 
of energy currents that are going on around us all the time. Exactly, yes. Exactly. Um, and let's see. Uh, oh, so Wednesday, okay, so Wednesday is, um, like I said, it's the day of Mercury. Um, it's uh, representative of all the scribe gods um, that uh, wrote, measured, um, that did anything with math or building. Those particular energies were used for learning how to um, attune with, let's just say, for instance, building a pyramid or building a temple or something. Um, if you needed an extra boost of um, uh, esoteric insight into something, then those particular days would be better days to work on that particular type of project. It's, you try this, when you go home on a particular, find a day that you are comfortable with, and I'll, I'll kind of get through the rest of the days, but find a day that you... What are down the road um, But find a particular day that you are, um, that you feel comfortable in yourself with, and then meditate on that day. And there's even day... Yeah, I was thinking that I saw you. Yeah. <laughs> so, what kind of day will go for a particular spread, or trying to look for different topics to do? Um, you definitely avoid Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> um, you might just want to meditate on it too. I found on Tuesday there's a barrier. How many of you guys meditate like on that one? On certain days, do you feel that it's easier to get out? Yeah. It is, right? Yeah. And on other days, there's like a fucking fence or excuse me. Yeah. There's a fence here high, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's a barrier, right? And I found on Tuesdays, those barriers are the worst. I didn't even, I talked to Aries who are just like, either they have problems meditating or they just, they can't do it or they have an issue with it. <laughs> oh, okay. Do you find on Tuesdays it's kind of like maybe... I mean, Aries, I find all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I'm Aries too. I can't imagine. It's, 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 I couldn't meditate myself out of a box, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you, and, and, and it's hard. Um, try like a Wednesday when that 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 Mars energy kind of uh, goes away a little bit, and you've now got this airiness because you've got all this fire, and that activity is what's keeping your head, and your mind going. So find a day, maybe uh, maybe Wednesday might not be good for you guys. Uh, <laughs> Saturdays are great for me for meditation and psychic work. Um, it's a different spectrum, but I'll talk about it a little bit. I'll try. Um, Let's get through the rest of the week and then we'll go back. Yeah. Okay. okay, sorry. I get excited. Sorry, jump um, But yeah, um, it did, let's get to the end and we'll come back to it. I think maybe Saturday. Um, so, yeah, so Wednesday uh, is basically a great day to, to think, uh, to communicate. If you're going to give me type of presentations, if you're going to get in front of people, uh, writing and stuff. Send an email correspondence to social media. Uh, Wednesday is a great day to do it to get your your, um, your word out there. Um, on Thursdays we have. Um, what were the gods for Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday was uh, is uh, I'm sorry, Thoth or not Thoth? That's Egyptian. Uh, Nabu and Teshmet, and that's it's a combination of Babylonian and Sumerian. The the ancient Babylonians what they did was when they rose to power. They took everything the ancient Sumerians had and they rewrote it, but they rewrote it with their particular gods in favor, uh, which is why we have Marta. How was that? It's the always. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we <laughs> have, what the Romans did to the Greeks. Right. There we go. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, that's why in, in, in Babylon you've got Marta, which is um, uh, this, the third of the days we get to. Uh, Marta is the. Uh, he, Thursday is Jupiter. Um, Jupiter is, as you know, it's a massive planet in our solar system. It's got like 54 moons rotating around it. Imagine we have one moon, and the one moon pulls at our waters and it pulls at us. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. we're yeah. on a planet with 54? Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's a planet. Yeah. Yeah. Every 10 minutes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Mercury's in Scorpio, Cancer, Sagittarius. It's a planet with a lot of energy that it creates. And this particular planet was called by the Greeks. It was called the Father God, the Father Planet. See if I pronounce the word correct. Dice Pater, which meant Father God. So most of the spiritual pantheons 
they took this particular day or this planet and they attributed it to their their uh, their highest god in Greece and uh, Greece it was Zeus. Uh, um, in uh, in Egypt it was uh, it was Amun Ra or Amun Ra. Um, in Babylon it was Marduk, who was the son of the Lord of the Earth, so I meant Maria. And in ancient Sumeria. It was Enlil, who was the first son of the, the head father god. Uh, like I said, Sumer, um, ancient um, Babylon, they sort of changed things because they wanted Marduk to rule so that their kings could have. It was, they, they changed some things for political, for socio-political reasons to favor a set of a, a group of kings that would be blessed by Marduk instead of the original um, way that the Sumerians kind of had it. Uh, written out, so they changed it a little bit to favor their own, their own people. Uh, but oh. when you say it sounds to me like Marduk, are you talking about Marduk? Marduk, yeah, okay. that's Marduk. Marduk, Marduk. Yeah. Okay, okay. Just making sure I'm like going. Yeah, there's a <laughs> few different names. I've seen, um, there's a, his, uh, the name kids was Marduk and Muruki. Oh. But I think they might be older, like, but essentially it's the. But well, I, had someone I don't think we actually know how the ancient Babylonians pronounced anything. We're just guessing at this point from their records. Mm -hmm. Or something yeah, like that. yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so on uh, Thursday, it's Jupiter was um, uh, sort of akin to a, a systematic magic. Um, they said that the, um, it was any god linked to it, like Marduk was linked to it. He was called the Lord of the Lands. Um, he was the master of magicians. So there's, they say that on Thursday, it's a great day for any type of magical work that you may do that ties into magical systems. Um, it's almost like uh, you know how we have the four elements and then we have all the different things that, that work within the elemental um, uh, the elemental world. On Thursdays, those laws and those rules seem to be more accessible. Um, so if you do any type of magical work on a Thursday, it's supposed to have more um, more of a boost or more of a more uh, oomph. More oomph, yeah, exactly. exactly. More oomph from Wednesday, you mean? Um, on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. more oomph. From third, uh, on well, if you, well, if you look now, at, like we're we're kind of breaking it up, but if you uh -huh. look at it on the whole, you're actually seeing a energy. Kind of a momentum. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. You're starting with the self, going yeah. into the the heart, okay. um, then going into action, then going to thought, and then you're going to control. Because once you've got, I don't want to say control because that freaks some people out, but when you master these certain three aspects about yourself, you do have a bit more control over yourself, yeah. and therefore your interaction. Right and life in the world. So that's why that day was sort of, it resonated with the ability to have um, uh, control, rule, rulership, kingship. Um, they say even law enforcement um, is favored under that particular uh, energy current because of their need to govern. Um, and then on Friday, we have uh, the, the goddess that most, that almost all uh, uh, things that, that most other religions, uh, their, their bosses sort of sprang from. And it's um, Inanna, Inanna or Inanna Ishtar. And I found that, each, like I said, each one of the gods were linked to a planet. And I started, as I was uh, reading all these religions and cultures, I was realizing that if you kind of saw the, the, the planet that they were linked to, it didn't really matter what the name of the god was. You could tap into the energy. So like, if Friday was Venus, we know what Venus represents. It represents love, beauty. Um, so it didn't matter if it was Inanna Ishtar, but if you did use that cultural framework or that story that's linked to her, uh, uh, her rise, her fall in Sumer and Babylon, you would understand certain things about yourself, certain things about the world. Like one of the great things about the, the descent of Inanna or Ishtar is that she was the first goddess who died and came back. Um, she went to the underworld. Uh, she met with her sister Arishkadal. Arishkadal killed her because they were, they were on bad terms. She laid upon a cross for three days, and it's the first time you hear about, um, yeah, somebody mm. being on a cross. But it was it was a goddess, um, and, I, and and that's kind of why we have Easter, which is the, um, the the birth of the land. And once again, we know that Easter comes from um, Ishtar. Uh, it's kind of the uh, I think Easter was another name for her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then so. Star and mm -hmm. yeah. Stars. Exactly. Yeah. And it's and, and in, in, in the springtime where they, the, the earth comes back to life. Once again, they were cult, they were uh, religious uh, 
um, and spiritual um, concept based on agriculture, the rise and the fall of life and death on the planet, life and death on the people, the movement of the stars, and all these things. So um, Friday is a day that uh, uh, is a Venetian current, and that deals with, I found, it deals with, it's the end of the week, we're all happy, we got to the end of the week, we've we survived the, the, the work week, whatever crazy stuff we've been through, and all we want to do is relax. So we focus on what we're going to be friends, family, love, it's about community, it's about, it, it's about bringing together. What I found with the, with the Venetian energy is that it seems like what you're doing when you're working this particular energy, you're going from buildup, from nothing to a buildup uh, of energy. And that buildup of energy is, what's that? Unity. Essentially, yeah, as, uh, unity, but also the, the blossoming of it, um, the, the springing forward. The rebirth. Abundance. Yes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the birth of all those things. So you've been working diligently, working on yourself, working on your heart, working on uh, your tempering, your temper uh, on Tuesday, your, your communication, how to communicate with others, um, how to use the systems around you in addition to the system inside of you. And on Friday, you're now happy. Um, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's like, it's the goal. And I think that's what Venus represented. And that's why she was held in such a high regard in Sumer and Babylon and also in Egypt and then in Greece and then in uh, Britannia and all these other places. That particular, you always have, you may have a, a pantheon with a bunch of men in it, right? But you always have that one female goddess who just like transcends and she's like the badass, right? And I, I think that's what Venus actually, that's what it represents, is that, uh, that uh, feminine energy that guides us from beginning to end and gives us the goal. Uh, it, it, it gives us something to look forward as we're working this sort of uh, uh, energy system. Like the muse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so then on on Saturday we have um, a Saturn. A Saturday is ruled by the planet Saturn. I believe it's right by its name. And Saturn is that particular day in the, the Babylonian pantheon. Pantheon is ruled. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Thursday was Marduk and Sarpanet. So it's Marduk and uh, Sarpanet. Um, the day is Thursday. Um, and on Friday is Venus, or I'm sorry, is Imani Ishtar and Demuzi. Uh, D-U-M-U-Z-I. And Saturday is, and I'm not real, I, have, I don't work with this particular um, thought too much, but it's in Huerta and Babu were the sons of Enlil, uh, uh, the son of Enlil. And Enlil was the sky god. He uh, had, um, control over the air and the winds, which basically meant he was kind of like the thought of energy where you can, you do more, to, in, to interact with uh, the upper environment, you do more thinking, you do more speaking, you use more verbal um, uh, words or spells or incantations, whatever you're doing on both that particular, uh, that particular energy. On Thursday, or excuse me, on Saturday, it's more of a, uh, it's an earth-based energy. Um, I found that uh, the Lord of, uh, the Lord of the Earth and Water, or which is Ea, I, on that particular day, you have an ability to tap into ancestral things, older things. Um, it's if you were going to do a meditation, and on the other days, say like Tuesday, you were having an issue. Saturday, I found those are the best times to have meditations, simply because the barrier is not there. Remember that barrier we were talking about? It's not there as much. It's as if the Saturn energy gives you the ability to be more expansive and to break past um, uh, any of those. Now granted, you've got to meditate a little bit longer. You've got to stay in the meditation, but you can. You're not distracted as much. It's almost like sitting, you know, remember when you were a kid, you sat in water and you just sat at the bottom of the bowl and you just, you couldn't hear anything but the water and you were totally serving. That's what it's like. And that inner, that water energy, and actually, that, I don't say the water energy, but it's kind of, water and earth, they're saying, are more prevalent on those days. So if you can ground yourself, um, and I thought a good way to ground yourself is to use like, like maybe onyx, something black, a black brick stone, that would help you pull negativity from you. Has anybody? Yeah. 
Okay, so black obsidian. Well, tourmaline would probably be better for absor yeah. absorbing negativity and protection. Is that what okay. you're talking about? Grounding? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're really trying to ground tiger iron, tiger iron banded iron stone, those are because they've got the hematite and they've also got the um, uh, the uh, iron oxide and stuff like that. That'll really does it have like a coal in it or something black or rich? It does have, it has black stripes in it. It has other, but it's, it, it's banned. It's all have red, yellow, black, you know, grays. Okay. Yeah, I found like I would even take showers and I would use like a, 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 like a charcoal or a black rich like a shampoo just because it's supposed to pull the negativity out of you. So if you can find like something like, like the, uh, the dark, the blackness, the darkness, it's it, it can detox you. Um, yeah. Even when we go to meditate, what do we do? We shut out all the light. Yeah. And then we go to that dark place. And that's where you can either let go of the things that are toxifying you, and once you've learned to do that, then you can pull it so much more because now you're not focused on that which is distracting you. And then you can start feeling that these other outside things. Like I've gotten like, premonitions on Saturdays. Um, it's one of the planets that they say deals with the outside world. That's where we get all this Anunnaki, um, extraterrestrial stuff mm -hmm. because they couldn't explain how the Sumerians and Babylonians knew all this stuff. How they could know if there were so many stars and how, uh, where the stars were before we even got out. They, they, they didn't understand it. Like, it made no sense. And so modern day people were starting to put on, well, they must have been, the Anunnaki must have been aliens or they must have been controlling people or uh, uh, changing their DNA, which half, there's always false, <coughs> falseness mixed with truth. And I think what they were trying to say was, and I kind of came to the last couple of weeks, is that if you, let's just say, for instance, you wanted to start a race of people, Right? You want to take average, regular humans, and you wanted to imbue them with the knowledge of all this stuff, right? You can change them, and therefore you have a new race of people. I think that's what the older, I know this is what the older culture were doing. They were changing people. They were using this particular framework to, to change people's souls, to change their makeup, so they would become something else. That's where you get this whole, we sold your soul to the devil thing, and look at selling. I think they're probably. I barb it seven days a week. <laughs> but so I think that's 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 where a lot of this taboo stuff comes from. When you touch and you know how to change the very fabric of a person's being through uh, repetition, knowledge, information, and belief. Through ritual. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Plus, yeah. I, I also think that, like, you know, now that you're talking, it's making my brain kind of go. Yeah. Is like if you want to talk about it, how we all talk about uh, not all, but us uh, talk about like universal energy, and yeah. by doing that repetition and those rituals and and honoring each day of the week and feeling the vibrations on those, opening yourself up to you know universal knowledge, uh, Akashic records, things mm -hmm. like that, and that could be a way where ev there's multiple cultures throughout the planet that are nowhere near each other that have mm -hmm. the exact same um, knowledge, and they don't know why. And the only way they can explain it is. Aliens must have dropped down at each exactly. of these places. Right. But I actually really like the way that they, that you put that because that that opens up a whole new possibility for that. Because if okay. and I was going to say, if you think about gods, I mean, or any or, you know outsiders, people that live outside of our three dimensional plane, they are uh, you know aliens just mean something not from here. Right. Exactly. So mm -hmm. they are in the purest sense of the form alien. But they are not looking at you. Yeah, it's like I said, there's always that blend of truth and like, yeah, so exactly. telling them that it was a god, that it was a universal energy, they're going to be like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, so. and I fully agree with you that we do tend, like like conspiracy theory reasoning, when we fill in the void of what we don't know with, well, it must be this. If it's not A, then it must be B, even without evidence. Uh, but I think sometimes the ancient alien theorists, they'll get a little bit more specific. Uh, like there's been a gold artifact that's been found. I don't remember the dating, but I guess it was supposed to be a thousand years or more. That is a cylinder, two triangles here, and a smaller triangle here that you can't help but think it looks like the Concorde or a Delta Wing aircraft. And some people use that as 
being more specific, but again, you know, well, whether it's attributed or not, but it's... When you start, like, going back a little bit further, I mean, the Egyptians, the Sumerians, and the Babylonians weren't the first. There were right. cultures here before that. Sure. I mean, yeah. we've got, in another segment of, of information that I've uh, read about, we hear about the Atlanteans mm -hmm. actually propping up Egypt. Mm -hmm. I mean, thought mm -hmm. being... And granted, you've got to read... I mean, if you've ever read the Atlantean tablet, or the uh, Emerald Tablets, I thought the Atlantean. Mm -hmm. You might have read that? Mm -hmm. That's a wild-ass ride right there. I mean, it's, it, it's, a, it's a great book. What it, was it? What's uh, it called? The, uh, Emerald Tablets, mm -hmm. I thought the Atlantean. Um, there's a couple of different versions of it. Um, well, I have, like, a yellow book, and it's got thought on it, but we have three triangles. Um, but yeah, he, he talks about the stars and the moon and the spheres and just all this stuff that you would not believe unless you had like saw some other stuff. You're like, wait a minute, this might be not too far fetched. You know what I mean? And then when you start reading into it, you start seeing, oh, oh, they're talking about this alignment thing. And then you hear that that actual when Atlantis went down. A lot of people think Atlantis was like fake, that it was not there, that it was just. And it actually, it was there, but I believe it was on a bridge that collapsed into a volcano. And that's why they say, Plato said that it disappeared overnight. Because there's pictures of it showing, has anybody ever seen pictures of Atlantis? Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. I was got the rings with the water and everything, and in the middle there's like this pushed up. Well, there is a theory that over the course of like thousands of years, this volcano or this underneath tectonic plate was pushing this thing and I don't mean to do that sound that looks really but essentially when life does things like that, I mean we yeah. have great things. I think that's what happened, that it rose, there was a ridge, it created this perfect place for them to live, fish, um, and become monolithic. Um, and then that volcano collapsed and it went back into the water and all that technology um, was lost. Um, Actually they found Atlantis, you know, it's it's a Greek island in the middle of the Mediterranean. Um, and uh, it, it was Midland culture. So I don't remember what the island is called. Manoa. Oh, yeah. I think. But and it is a, it is volcano. In fact, it's rising in the center again. You know the the. But so it's yeah, called it, a caldera. Um, well, okay. So it was a volcano. It collapsed um, for a long time. It didn't erupt. You know, kind of um, people built uh, the Midland built on top of it. Um, uh, it, it, you know, kept rising and rising. Nobody knew it was a volcano. Then it went kaboom. I mean, uh, the story that we get from Herodotus, I think it was, who wrote it down. Basically, the only part of the story that he got wrong was how long ago it happened because we found ancient Egyptian writings that explain what happened, but they say, no, it didn't happen 30,000 years ago. It happened 3,000 years ago. You know, basically, I don't think zero onto the whole thing. I, I don't think it was 3,000. Maybe it was 2,000. Anyway, I but um, uh, and Atlant Atlantis was actually or uh, was the Egyptian name for what they had for the Greeks that lived on those islands, and so they're basically like there is you know in the Atlanteans is like okay so these Greek people they have this great society and then all of a sudden in a day and a night you know the you know the, you know the great city went away and um, even if you uh, read the descriptions they're talking like there was you know it fell into the ocean there was you know a great wave well when you know, colder. You know, when when colder when when volcanoes fall in on themselves, yes, there's tsunamis and and um, you know they even mention a mushroom cloud, you know, in the original descriptions. So it's you know they 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 found it. It's, it's there. It was in fact a very highly sophisticated society. And I, and I believe they were using technology like uh, crystal technology because I mean, if you're around a volcano, then you have all this rich environment for like a, a farming, a, a agriculture, crystals, mm -hmm. and it's believed that they created, um, uh, they had certain crystals that held memories and, uh, that they could use for just various like things. Computers. Um, kind of, yeah, but like, right. or, or like organic ones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were, I think they were special different type of crystals that we have now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and there's even believed that these crystals were placed inside of the, uh, the, the, uh, the Giza mm -hmm. pyramid. And it was used for whatever reason that they were using of the, the pyramid. Um, there's actually uh, Atlantis. Atlanteans had a sister culture called Lemuria, and so the crystals that you're talking about are actually Lemurian quartz, um, and they have found them in mostly in singular areas in like I want to say Colombia. I could be 
could be incorrect, but they have found them in places they shouldn't be. And um, but kind of the same, it was the same thing. And uh, those crystals, they have really, really deep ridges in them, and that is what is supposed to be holding the knowledge inside of them. And you know what's funny is I actually almost brought mine today for some weird reason. I was like, man, and I left the house with that because I've got a bunch of other stuff going on. But I was really drawn to bring that one with me today. And I got a huge fascination for yeah. this. So yeah, I'll next time. I'll let you get back to your. Um, I think we're at Saturday. Yeah, I guess we're at Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> after our, after our <laughs> historical tangent. Yeah. That's why I decided to try it. I wrote this up to have an outline. I was like, there's no way well it's so fascinating the ancient yeah. cultures yeah. when I started doing research in astrology how <laughs> smart they were compared to like what they could do we think like oh we're the greatest generation ever. no we're the dumbass <laughs> if you look at like the Romans the Romans came up with um, cement right mm. it, after the Roman Empire collapsed it took us mm. 500 years to figure it back out again <laughs> 500 years yeah. I think because the ancients, they they worked a lot with alchemy and understanding yeah. how to do this and that with the environment. And yeah. when you demonize and destroy right. these cultures that have this knowledge, what yeah. do you expect? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, society Science destroyed a lot of it. And all over. And has anybody looked at, uh, ever researched the Antiqu the Antiquera device? The what? Antiquera device. Uh, it's oh, dated. It was computer, found on a, right? a ship around five, six hundred years ago, at, if not more. It's covered with copper glazing and a lot of rot, but X-ray uh, X-rays have mapped it to be as precise as a watch. Yeah. I mean, the actual gear <laughs> mechanisms. It's it's a larger. It's, a, it's on a larger scale, but it's finely ground, where you have three or four gears interacting with a like a watch dial hand going wow. in a rotation it motion. Had like, it had I like think 500 years or older. Dial hands. Yeah, it, it's a pretty extensive device. Yeah, it, it's, it's a physical computer. It, it computed, yeah. it could tell you what Where phase the moon from? was in, what day of the month uh, the year was it was. Okay. It's it 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 predated 500 years. I forget the yeah, cultural and, origin. And this is before they even thought you know, anybody knew about gears. Yeah. So. yeah, it's pre-medieval at least. Saturday, and there's all these doors that are moving. It explains why sometimes we fail, 
mm. because you either tried to go through a door you weren't ready for it, or you missed going through the door and you failed and start all over. Or um, maybe you're just starting all over um, and you kind of have to just pace yourself to get from here to there by mm. going through this time, this slow time that I'm just sharing with you. Yeah, that's what I just said. Um, so on Saturdays, try like on, I think the day of Saturn, the hour of Saturn if you can, mm. which is probably like 11 o'clock, I think the, the, the hour mm. for that particular day is like 11 mm. o'clock. Um, try meditating on that day. Um, use like a, the hour of Saturn on the day of Saturn and just make sure you're, everything's quiet, you want to have like a bowl of water um, there, you want to have like a paper crystal, maybe uh, with a black crystal or something, or a not black crystal, but a black rock that can pull negativity. I would say for meditation, smoky quartz, because it's going to protect you and it's going to ground you. So that would be a good one for meditation. And it'll help put a shield around you to Yeah, and then just sort of just stay there. Just say, you know what, I'm going to stay here in this and feel if you hit a barrier or not. Just sort of, you feel like something is like, you're you're not able to get past, you're not able to stay in the meditation, but you feel uncomfortable. Know that that particular day may not be good for you. That particular hour, and mm. find a day or an hour that does mix with your chemistry, your where you're at right yeah. now. And that may change because as you change, as you change the outside, you change your inside. The outside's going to change because you change. And when you do your morning, a typical meditation, what is your first anchor point? Like for me, being more of a Zen kind of focused, maybe sometimes the nostrils or the breath. Do you like a, a place where you start in the first uh, few if, minutes? Yeah, I start with the day of the week. Um, and I kind of have a, um, I have a stance, like I'll stand and I'll hold my hands out like I'm, like I'm uh, accepting an offering, an offering. Um, and I just sort of, this is stuff that I've seen through other meditations that I now just do because they gravitated toward me. Um, and then I'll do like one of the, there's a particular prayer you can do for each um, uh, uh, our goddess mm -hmm. on that particular day. And then I'll do a meditation where I'll just like, I'll give them four across my legs and just sort of just go to that dark place. Um, and then I see what comes to me. Some different days, it's something different. Either I'll get like uh, uh, a vision of something. Um, like last night or a couple nights ago, I saw a triangle. Well, actually, this morning I saw a triangle with a circle in it around another circle. And then I went off. And then as I got in the car, I looked down at my shirt. Oh, I snapped a ribbon. So it's little things. Certain days, you're just. You're more connected to the to, to the vibration of life and reality because mm -hmm. life, living things do create a vibration. Everything has an energy, mm -hmm. and that energy is what yeah. some energy is higher, some energy is lower, I've, and you're trying to raise or fluctuate yes. and balance yourself yeah. with that particular. There have been times when I've done a, a pre-dawn, let's say about a two-hour, fifteen-minute sitting from around five forty-five, five forty-five to eight, and a couple times I've done it around six forty-five to seven fifteen there would be a palpable change in the air that would almost be from like a, a early morning, kind of like wee hours meditative, you know, like open hearing. And the, But the, the air changes, uh, like highway noise, it would be very uh, palpable before then. And then it gets, it's almost like the air gets a little bit thicker. And then you start hearing cars start up. Uh, it's just more like the feel of the workday starting, like the getting ready for going from a meditative space to a logical time to plan out the day. It, it's a real, it, was, it really felt sense. Yeah. And it's interesting, the work week. We have a work week. So, I mean, as long as I remember, it's Monday through Friday, right? So there's mm. got to be a reason we have a work week. Mm. Right? And Monday Much always sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's our emotional day. Do you really right, emotionally yeah. want to be at work? When you were talking about Friday, I was thinking about the rebirth, how people are so different from their work oh, yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like work me. Yeah. Well, yeah. nowadays my, my people know me. So, but used yeah. to, my work me was a different me than my weekend me. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so for me, when yeah. you were talking about Friday and rebirth, I was like, that makes so mm. much sense. That's totally true. It's cool week. I always yeah. think Wednesdays, you know, I'm a, I, I work in sales. Wednesday's always my best day oh, see, there you to go. close a deal. Mm. Wednesday. I know if I want to close a deal, I'm setting that meeting for Wednesday. If it can't be Wednesday, it's going to be two Wednesdays. It's going to be a Wednesday. Mm. Damn it. So they used to talk things out back in the day. On Wednesday. Based on <laughs> yeah. the planetary movement. They would do have to try to have certain wars or certain debates or certain research. Mm -hmm. 
why like the Egyptian like Yes. And you should repeat that. I can't hear you. Like, the Egyptian sun discs, like with the moon on it, like it's very similar to the one in the cemetery and like I said, the, the ancient Egyptians and the Sumerians, they were kind of like a, a sister culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they actually, this is where it gets kind of weird. I started to learn this in the last like six months or so, is that the, the sun disk started in, I believe it was Sumer, and it represented the sun, the day of the sun, which is Sunday. And it represented the the, um, the sun in the sky, but also the rising of the self, the rising. And that's where you have all these um, these depictions of uh, kings or gods with wings on them, because it represented that they were they were ascending. Um, and then as we get into Egypt, uh, Egypt did something different. They started using uh, they started using serpent magic. They started working with the serpent energy and the Kundalini is what they call it in India. But in 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 the beginning, it was the uh, it was the serpent energy, and they realized that you. Could, this serpent energy wind it up, kind of like all these things we're talking about. They, mm -hmm. they changed it a little bit. They're, instead of it being more so about the Sumerian gods and the, and the Babylonian gods, they wanted to create their own framework because Babylon was trying to take over Egypt. So, Mar okay, so Marduk actually became this. If you guys, have, there's a story called uh, the the uh, Enuma Elish, the Enuma Elish, and it's the story of the, um, the ancient Sumerian story of creation. How um, a hero rose, slayed team at the dragon, and, and created order. With the synopsis, uh, create order out of the uh, out of the universe with the stars and the plants and everything. Um, the this Marduk in Babylon became the father god by slaying Tiamat. The, who was the elder god and become the champion in Babylon? He then had the disc, the solar disc, and so therefore he was he was the sun. Um, and as we move into Egypt, we see that there was a battle between the Babylonians and the Egyptians, and the sun in Babylon actually was Ra or Re. So Re in Ra, however you pronounce it, but it's R A or R E, so it's like Ra or Re. Um, in Egypt was raw, and so there's a there. I just started reading about how there was a war of the pyramids between Babylon and Egypt. So the Babylon tried to come in and take over Egypt when they were uh, uh, when they were kind of getting off the ground, and that's kind of what that is. This, the sun disk in Egypt actually represents Horus, which is the um, the son of Isis. So there's a particular part of Egyptian lore where they favor Isis and she was the redeemer and she was actually fighting Ra and you've heard the story about how she poisoned Ra array and stole his power and stole his, his magical name she gave a magical name to her son which was Horus or Heru um, and so it's really it's a, it's a battle between the people of Aset or Isis and the Babylonian Mardukians Mars against Venus and so when, when, when we talk about Egypt, I, I don't really like talking about Ra because I feel that most people that gravitate toward that first one isn't just generalization. They're more so focused in the ego and the power instead of what the true, the, the, the true message is, which is that of the emotional understanding, the emotional intelligence. Um, it's kind of like if you were going to ask somebody, what do you take? I'm going to take the, the Egyptian Ra or the, 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 the Phoenician Isis, and most guys are going to take the Ra. And it's like, you know what I mean? Me, I always pick the goddess because I've learned that you can, she, tra she can transmute into the masculine. So you pick the goddess, she turn, she can turn into, um, like a, we have Isis and Osiris. Those would be her brother and also her consort. Actually, they're one and the same. They are a trinity. And they evolve. She is also the sun, which is Horus. She's also they're all one different time frames, different aspects, different energy vibrations. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. But that makes that makes sense. Yeah. So 
Yeah, so basically what they did was they just took that symbol because that particular symbol would have been the sun or some Sumatra uh, Utu, and they went and gave that to Horus, added the, 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 the serpents to it, and added the Kundalini of the serpent rising energy, and said that he was the remover. He was the redeemer, the avenger, or the risen one from his father being held by Ra or Marta. Now, I have a question. When, because I've heard this, and now that you're talking about the times and the days, I've heard like when you're doing a spell on a certain day or a certain time, you should start this or do that with whatever you're working with. Is that then what you're talking about too? I mean, could that be? I would think so. Yeah. I was horrible with doing rituals and spells and all that stuff. When I was in Wicca, I just, I, I was, I couldn't, I don't know, I could, look, I could, I could work some tarot cards. I love some tarot cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brujeria, which is in Mexico, that's what, they're, they're with the days and the times. Now that you're talking about this, it's like, because a lot of these ancient cultures, yes, that information kind of yes. still worked. Yeah. yeah. And what did you call it? Brujeria. Brujeria. That is uh, really big in Mexico, and that's, you know, Brujeria. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's kind they, of the same, but still different from Pura de Yismo. Still different. Yes. Pura de Yismo? Brujeria. Which it means which? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It means which people? Yeah. Which in, in the which Mexican culture to be called a bruja was actually yeah. is the bad version of yes. witch. Yeah. Yes. Or to be a curandera, curandero was like yes. more of the healing type. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and you have your two different sides. Okay. Yeah, that was essentially it. I mean, I, I brought some like some this, this picture that shows like just the various like. Or I can put them on the table, you guys can all find a table head. It's got um, basically um, some of the gods and what they look like on them. That's it, not. I didn't write it down, but that's that's Inanna Ishtar. <coughs> um, this is either Inanna Ishtar or Rishkebal, uh, the lady of the underworld. This is. That's uh, the sun, uh, Shamash in Uga or Utu. This is the moon god, Inanna. This is the Inki, the, the, the Lord of Water, Magic, and Wisdom. I really, Inki is my, one of my favorite because my last name is Eason, and so I sort of linked my name to Ia, and I'm a very emotional person who learned to use water in that particular day of the week, which is Saturday, for like connecting, so I that's my Real quick, and Michael, you'll, you'll be interested in this one. This particular figure right here was also believed to be the uh, figure of Lilith. So if you didn't know that, this is also the representation of Lilith. What's the... Yeah, when, when, when one of the gods had wings, it meant that they were able... They were either a sky god or goddess, which meant they governed the higher. And beauty, love, is a higher emotion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like a heavier earth or water. So the wings meant it was more ascending or, or more, more, more lighter. And then, like, the Greeks also, like, Astarte, wasn't that also, like, Isis, Astarte, Inanna, um, Kali, Demir, and Hecate were all considered the moon gods. They were all of the same aspect. Nix, Nix, Nix. Yeah. The goddess of night. Oh. So you know how earlier you were saying that the whole I see the god in the prophecy was a great power. In the, the black mirror. Do you know that black mirror got to be That's the analogy. Okay. I use that mirror to make oh. any trick. So the is this tradition where I because I very as much a whole, see this think of as a diamond um, as a and think of all the many facets. Mm -hmm. To me, the owls the the and the goddesses. So it's all part of the strength. Exactly. She's wisdom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The owls. Because so those are greedy owls. Oh yeah. She would say. 
visually or something like that. So then you have these different gods or depictions of them in darkness that you can, you know, what we have now. And so you're kind of building the relationship with them that you can see what they're supposed to look like. And that's why the Egyptians had so many names for gods because they were, the, the gods were uh, divine, what do you call them, divine uh, disciplines or characteristics. So like if you wanted to focus on, I don't know, being, uh, uh, being a, a great mother or a healer, you might want, or, and also being a warrior, you might want to focus on uh, Isis Set because she was the mother of Horus. She was also the consort to, to um, Osiris. And their son is the one that wanted to avenge her to have his father's death. So now you have this protector-oriented uh, protector um, uh, framework along with this rulership and avengingship. Um, not avenging in a bad way, more so to justice. Yeah, yeah, justice. Yeah, exactly. So the I'm not real versed in um, the I'm sorry, who? Uh, oh, ISIS. No. Okay. The mother and the protector? The mother and the protector? Uh, that could be Hera or it could be Athena because Athena is seen as like the mother of people, um, which is why there was a city named after her and all that. Um, and she is, she's the goddess of, um, of course, I can't think of it when somebody asks me. Uh, it's, it's not war, it's strategy. Athena also guides the Greek warriors the same way Ben Kenobi guided Luke. Yeah. So pretty much like the same thing. Again, knowledge. Yeah, she would actively guide yeah, the Greek heroes on the battlefield. Yeah. So yeah. my question is, who was the, for me, I kind of want to go for warrior and mother of Athena. Athena? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it depends on what Pantheon you want to Yeah, but yeah. she was asking specifically about Greek, so okay. I was just assuming. Yeah. Yeah. I'd see that. Mm -hmm. You can also look into the story of Isis or Aset. It's, it's very, there's a lot of, um, uh, uh, like her uh, resurrecting Osiris. Um, mm -hmm. That's linked to the seven rays and the seven uh, pillars and the ladder of lights and all that ascension stuff. I mean, it's linked to that. Um, read about the story of uh, Inanna where she went to the underworld, died, and then came back. But that's a story of birth of how you could just totally just have had a sucky experience in life and almost feel like you were going to die or wanted to die and then came back from it with, with a fiery fervor for life. Yeah. Actually, yeah. And like, to, as yeah. he was saying that, all I could think about was, you know, that sounds like an amazing choice for you. Because there's even a story about how uh, uh, the, uh, after uh, Isis took Ra's power, none of the gods would mess with her afterwards because her face was terrifying. Look at the story of the descent of Inanna, and it kind of mm -hmm. Inanna essentially became Isis, and I said it's the same story. It's a little different. Her going to res uh, resurrect Osiris is the same as. Inanna being resurrected herself, except the Egyptians said she went to get her second half, which brought about her third half, which would be the trinity. It's a little bit more alchemical in nature. The Egyptian part of the Do you know what this, like, this disc with the star This, I believe, is the sign for, you guys want this? It's the sign of the sun. The sign of the sun. Oh, that one's sign. Yeah. yeah, it's a sign. So this is uh, uh, Shamashra Utu, which is the, uh, the Lord of the Sun. So this is the sun disk. Is there sundial? Hey, well, it's it's the sun before the sun. And the, the sun disk that you that you might be thinking about when it comes to the Egyptians, you're thinking of Aten, because um, mm -hmm. Akhenaten was the uh, the pharaoh for the Egyptians who tried to turn uh, everything monotheistic and, and only want to worship the sun disk. So he considered the sun god. Aten. He got rid of Ra, Isis, Osiris. He got rid of all of them during his reign. And as soon as he was gone, they spread them out and they brought them all back. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, what do I do with this? <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank God, he's dead. <laughs> oh, exact amount of years, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, generations. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He pretty much just his way as soon as his son took over. Yeah. 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 He said, like, changed his name. He's like, nope, not continuing this. Yeah. 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 Y
Sounds like whatever his reign was, which we know wasn't very long. Yeah, it was, it was just his reign. I think his son even changed his name because he's like, I'm not doing this. Nope, nope, not doing it. Even, yeah, actually, kind of changed his name. Oh, that's right, because they were trying to like erase him from the history books, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do watch a lot of ancient aliens. This is where I learned a lot of that stuff. <laughs> See, I was just oh, like, yeah. that's exactly right. I, I, I excelled in European civilizations. Star people? Is that, is That's Native American. That's the name of the Anunnaki. Anunnaki. The Anunnaki was what they okay, considered the That's what people. I'm thinking of. Yeah. Because the Anunnaki were the followers of Anu. Mm. And Anu was the head god in Sumer. Remember yeah. the first one? Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's Anunnaki or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Friends of Anu, I think. Yeah. And that that goes across like we, I was talking about earlier, like multiple cultures. Right. Mm. Like the like the Native Americans. Um, called star people, yeah. the, the native Australians call them sky gods. Because it you means know, to, yeah. to walk the stars and yeah. to know what each planet means and to take in that information to measure the land And in Peru it's real um, it's real strong there too as well. And they have a sun dial, a sun, sorry he said dial. A, there's a story, I believe it was Peruvian, about a sun disk that there were wars over. Because supposedly, if you had that, you were the ruler of all rulers. So the the sun is a huge thing throughout multiple cultures. Which yeah. would have been what Mayan? Inca. No, Inca. 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 Yeah. 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 It's older than mine, right? Okay, different part of the world, but yeah. Yeah. So, any other questions, comments, concerns? That was excellent. That was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.